Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We have an exciting new sponsor that's doing something totally revolutionary with birth control excess in the U.S. And, well, it's about time someone did. They're called Simple Health, and they're here to make your health care simple. They're starting out by simplifying birth control access with online prescriptions and home delivery. Did you know over 20 million women in America lack reasonable access to something as basic and fundamental as contraception? It's safe to say that the existing healthcare system in America can prevent women from getting the care they need, whether it's insurance barriers, income, or physical location. So Simple Health thought of a better way. With Simple Health, you can get your birth control prescribed online and delivered to your door for free. It's affordable, convenient, and safe. Whether you're already on birth control looking to get back on or want to try it for the first time, Simple Health will take care of you. I know you may be thinking that this is kind of out there, but think about it for a second. Men can get erectile dysfunction meds online. Why shouldn't birth control be any different? Being a woman in America isn't easy for plenty of reasons, but access to fundamental care should not be one of them. Here's how it works. You fill out a comprehensive online health care and answer some questions formulated to get the best birth control for you, your body, your preference, your insurance situation, and they take it all into account. A medical doctor will review your profile, figure out if you're a good candidate for birth control, recommend a product, and write a prescription. Then your birth control ships to your door on a reoccurring schedule. No interruptions. And just to be clear, Simple Health isn't making their own birth control or anything like that. They only prescribe trusted and vetted brands of birth control, including pills as well as the patch and the ring. If you're already on birth control and simply tired of dealing with the pharmacy, it's even easier. Just fill out your pharmacy and insurance information and they'll start shipping your birth control to you for free. Best of all, Simple Health offers affordable care regardless of insurance. They do accept insurance, and luckily birth control is free with most plans. For those without insurance, the average cost is $18 a month, depending on the exact type prescribed, and delivery is free for everyone. The prescription is usually $20, but our listeners get to try it for free. Go to simplehealth.com life or enter the code LIFE at checkout. I want to mention that this is not a replacement for routine evaluations by your primary care physician or gynecologist. It is the most convenient and comfortable way to get your birth control. Again, don't miss your chance to try this awesome service for free. Go to simplehealth.com life or just enter code life at checkout. If you're a woman on birth control, it's going to save you a lot of time and money. If you're not, tell someone in your life about Simple Health and help improve women's access to health care. Everyone wins. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We co-host Pantsuit Politics, a podcast seeking nuance in political conversation. Along the way, we've realized the rest of life is filled with nuance, too. So we come here each week to commemorate the moments in our lives, moments beyond birthdays, weddings, and funerals, that deserve celebration. It's an opportunity to see ourselves in a new season and to reflect on the messiness of living wisely. 
Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for The Nuanced Life. Today, we're going to have a discussion about kids and struggle and our approach as parents to consequences and helping them through their struggles, kind of inspired by the never-ending discussions about Covington Catholic. But we'll get there. Dun-dun-dun! I feel like that needed sound effects. It did. We're not going to explicitly talk about Covington Catholic because we want to go into the bigger picture as we do here. But that got us thinking. Our wheels are turning a little bit. Uh, let's be clear. We did explicitly talk about Covington Catholic on Pantsu Politics, if you're interested in that. <laughs> yes. But first, we're going to do a couple of commemorations, and we are going to try something a little bit different with our commemorations today. We love everyone's detailed emails about their commemorations. We also recognize that if you're like bopping around your house or driving your car or at work, it can be hard to follow those lengthy readings. So we're going to kind of condense our description. Keep sending them as you do, and hopefully we won't miss anything important in our retelling. So first, we wanted to share a commemoration from Elena. Elena is a therapist who was working part-time and sharing office space with another part-time therapist who was a dear friend of hers. They had a lot of fun decorating their office space together. They got along really well. And they both knew that it was possible at some point in the future, one or both of them would want to work more hours. And that happened. Elena's friend decided she wanted to go full time. And so she was going to need the space all the time. And that meant that they needed to make a change. And Elena talked about how, because they're both therapists, they had all these like vulnerable, open hearted conversations and have gone through sort of the healthiest work divorce possible. And they decided to both move into a new office complex where they are next door neighbors. Elena is having to make some compromises about her space, including not having throw pillows and a filing cabinet. And she is working through that. (laughs) But all in all, it's been a really good move. And I just loved this part of her message. She said, when I tell people I'm moving offices, it's mostly a quick, that's great reaction. I have been more intentional about explaining the complexity of the situation. Some people gloss over it and still want it to be great. Others have been really supportive of the complexity and have given me space to acknowledge all the parts of it. And that part really jumped out at me because mm-hmm. I'm frankly bad at that. Yeah, Elena. it's hard. I want to fix it. I feel like America's subtitle could be America. We want to gloss over it and still want it to be great. I feel like that's just that's a good. cultural thing that we do here. I think that's right. And what I'm really bad at, I think I'm good at acknowledging other people's complexity. I am bad at trusting other people to acknowledge mine. Yeah. Or even wanting to share yours to begin with. Exactly. I don't mm-hmm. know that I would say, well, it's kind of great, but here are the things about it that have been hard for me. And I really want to celebrate Elena's willingness to do that. I think it sets just a great example. It gives other people permission to do that, too. That's what I was going to say. I think we feel in that moment like we're doing something just for ourselves. But really what you're doing is contributing to it, like the cultural conversation and giving that person permission to share the complexities of their own life and be honest and vulnerable when things aren't 100 percent great, which they very rarely are. I've given a lot of talks about how being confident and grounded at work is important because it gives other people permission to do the same thing. One exit interview that I did a while back that really made an impression on me, I was talking to kind of a youngish associate about a partner that she loved working for. And I asked her, why why do you love working with this person so much? And she said, honestly, it's just little things like some days she says, I'm leaving to go get a massage. 
She's not pretending she has a meeting. Mm. You know, she's not making it an emergency with her kids or anything like that. She's just saying we're human beings and sometimes we want to go do things for ourselves or get my hair cut or whatever. And it makes me feel like I'm allowed to be a person here at work. Mm. And I think that we miss those chances to show other people, hey, you're okay. I'm okay. And so are you. That's awesome. Yeah, I would like to work for a person like that as well. You don't want to work for anyone, be honest. <laughs> no, that's actually true. Actually, that is. I will be comfortable and vulnerable and say I don't like having bosses. I never – I had amazing bosses. I still didn't like working for them. I don't like working for other people. Yeah. We also got an anonymous message from a listener speaking of bosses and corporate environments. So this listener attended a big internal meeting in her organization, and she was struck as she looked at the very long list of speakers that zero of them were women. Sigh. And she she said, you know, it's a male-dominated industry. There are probably 350 people in the room, and maybe 50 of them were women. But still. <laughs> so the commemoration here is that she went to the HR director and said, this seems like a problem. Hey, I noticed here are this my, thing. <laughs> yeah. Here are my ideas to make this better. And then... The HR director was receptive and she felt kind of like she was on a roll. And so she went to another leader in the company to say, like, I don't want to be doing what I'm doing today forever. And I want to make sure that I'm growing. And they put her in a mentoring program that she didn't even know existed. Hello. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. That's it right there. You just, you know, that my famous story about this is I fretted and fretted and fretted for probably at least a year, maybe maybe a little bit less, but I think it was at least a year, about running for city commission because a friend of mine was on the city commission. My sort of electoral mentor, the director of Emerge Kentucky, was like, just go to lunch and say, I really want to run for this office. Do you have any advice? What's your timeline? And I went to lunch with her and sat down and said, hey, you know, I got the confidence, sat down and had this hard conversation and said, hey, I really want to run for city commission. And she said, oh, funny. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. story I'm not running again and so I was like because I finally took her out for lunch and, and sort of took the leap was really well positioned to be kind of the first in the field as saying I'm gonna run for the seat and it worked out the first time at least so yeah I mean it, just putting yourself out there and starting to say those things is really hard and really scary but so often especially if you do it with an open heart. Not every time. Look, some people are going to shut you down. Sometimes they it might put a label on you that could hurt you in your career. I'm not going to lie and say that hasn't happened and won't continue to happen. But I still think that it's, you know, worth the risk to pay it forward and to to continue the chain of people that stood up and said, hey, I don't like how this looks. I'd like it to look different. I think that's right. You know, I got a lot of questions when I made my career change from practicing law to working in HR in a firm. And people ask me all the time, like, how did you do that? And I always say, I ask. Mm. And I don't mean that in like a smart aleck way. I just think very few of us 
have clarity about what we want to do next and then decide we're going to speak up about it and recognize that the worst thing that can happen is that it's a no. Mm -hmm. And it can be a big no sometimes, right? It can be a no and you don't work here anymore. That can happen. But I think it's worth it to move forward with clarity instead of fear. And on that note, I got a message today. I will keep this anonymous as well from a listener who recently turned down a job opportunity because there is a better one that this person's in discussion about. And I said the same thing, like, way to move forward with clarity instead of fear. Mm -hmm. Because that could not work out. That is a thing that could happen. But how much better not to take the job that is the lesser job and always wonder what would have happened with the dream one. We also had several listeners, including Amanda, reach out about their decisions to give up social media after we talked about the iPhone article and how they haven't regretted it. Yeah, to a person, everyone says, I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it. I thought it would have too big of an impact. I do not miss it. I do not regret it. I'm not sad about it. Sometimes I use my husband's to make sure to check my grapes, and that's about it. It was kind of funny how they were all so universal. Which I think is good information because it it does make you realize how much we use social media as just filler in life instead of it being something that really contributes to where we are and how we exist in the world. It's just filler. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, everybody gets real anxiety about like, oh, I'll miss this group or I'll miss this alert. But like if the event or group or whatever is important enough to you, you will find a way to get the information. We're going to take a short break and come back and talk about parenting. So I am 37 years old, and recently I've been in many, many conversations with me and my friends where we're coming to the hard realization that we are getting older and we have to up our skincare game. Not necessarily because getting older is a bad thing, but it's, you know, in every way as you get older, your body demands a little more care, a little more TLC, and your skin is no different. And so we're all really trying to pay careful attention to what products work with our skin, what problems we're trying to solve. I mean, listen, for 10 years of my life, 15, 20 years of my life, the problem was easy. It was acne. That was what I was trying to solve. But now it's a lot more complicated. And so it really, really can be overwhelming to figure out what works best for your skin as you age in particular. I used to have a lot of acne and also some areas of dry skin, so I have believed that I have combination skin forever. But Beauty by Design, our new sponsor, has helped me realize that I have evolved too, and now my skin is just dry, okay, Mm. and it just needs a drink. But I discovered that because Beauty by Design's process involves you taking a selfie without makeup on, sending it to an esthetician that is assigned to you, and you take a quick skin survey, and then here's the best part. Your esthetician reaches out and like has a texting conversation with you about what's going on, about what your concerns are, about how your routine works. And that survey assesses everything from kind of those same sort of questions to what price point are you comfortable spending on a moisturizer and a cleanser? So it's truly personalized. Beauty by Design has over 100 products and 250 plus natural performance ingredients that are vegan, cruelty-free, paraben-free, and sulfate-free. There is no subscription, no obligations, free shipping, and free returns. So it's a totally risk-free process. And I think it's a great way to satisfy your curiosity about what is really best for my personal skin. My esthetician guided me through like a total aha moment. I had been using olive oil and castor oil to wash my face for a long time. And she was saying like, if you have oil, that can really create a film. And I realized like, oh my gosh, I I don't do it every night. And so it was really once she kind of opened my eyes, 
I was able to see the pattern of, yeah, when I wash with the oil, my bangs in particular, I would wake up just like drenched with oily skin. Now you would think since I was putting oil on my skin, I would make the connection, but I hadn't. So don't judge me. But it was really helpful to have a professional like show, talk about the products I was using, what was working, what wasn't, and then craft this very personalized skincare routine. And the products really are amazing. They smell good. They work well. They're well designed. I I really am really, really happy with the product she picked out for me. So to experience the world's most personalized skincare, go to beautybydesign.com slash life. Use promo code life today. First time customers get 20% off. That's beautybydesign.com slash life and use promo code life. In the spirit of commemorations, I have one to commemorate. Folks who receive our emails know that my three-year-old Ellen started preschool in January. Ellen is three and a half. Her birthday's in June. The first two days were fine. Totally easy. We went on a Thursday and Friday. Then we went back on Monday for a full week. And it was a living nightmare. Mm. She didn't want to go. She walked in and started yelling. She was yelling when we left. She yelled all day. I called to check in on her. They were like, well, she's still yelling. Oh, my God. She would come home at night. Don't make me go tomorrow. I don't want to go. But it was weird because when we ask about what she did during the day, she liked it. And her teacher said the same thing. They were like, when she gets into the activities, she's having fun and she's participating and she's doing a good job. Then she remembers that she wants to yell again. (laughs) And so it was a really rocky start. And Chad and I had lots of conversations about it. And, and even weirder, like Ellen has never spent the day at home with me. So it's not like she went from being with mom all day to being in preschool. She went from being in in-home daycare all day to being in preschool. But it was just a really tough transition. And what we came to is that this is the first thing in Ellen's life that has been hard for her. Mm. She was a super docile baby a delightful, you know, little, you know, as she as she became more like little toddler, just absolutely fun, great attitude all the time. She's never had a hard time with any of her developmental milestones. This is the first thing that she has struggled with. And we realize as hard as it is, we need to let her struggle with this. And so I got to very tough love in the morning. We just drop her off. I told her, we're going to do what Lama Lama says. We're going to hang the coat and say goodbye. (laughs) That's it. So we did that a couple of days, and she's through it now. And she likes school. Every morning I ask both of my girls what they're looking forward to during the day, and I always tell them what I'm looking forward to. And she says, no, no, this at school. And so we're fine, and we're through it. But I just want to commemorate Ellen's first real struggle and our ability as parents to step back and say, this sucks. It's a struggle for us, too. But it's one that we all need to go through because it makes us better. We have a very different experience with Felix, who also does not like to go to preschool pretty regularly. But Felix has a lot of struggle in his life because he had a perinatal stroke before he was born and has reduced usage on the right side of his body. And so there's always this thing I'm carrying around where... I feel like he has so much struggle, and right now we're, like, really coming to Jesus with we got to dial up the the physical and occupational therapy so that he doesn't lose muscle tone and his muscles don't seize up on him. So we're getting, you know, shoe inserts and hand braces and elbow braces and trying to really do more exercises with them, and it's becoming very real in a way that it hasn't been in the past. And especially with a child that have sort of struggles they didn't ask for. Not that any of our kids ask for struggles, but 
that they've had since birth. I'm always going back and forth with, you know, how much am I, do I want him to struggle? Do I need him to struggle to understand what it's like? And how much should I, because he has enough, should I help him in any way I can? I've struggled so much with just plain old discipline with Felix. I mean, he's my third kid. You'd think I'd have it sorted out by now. But, like, I've gone back to timeouts, even though I don't think timeouts work for shit. But I'm just, like, desperate to figure out something that will work because he's so exceptionally stubborn when really I know what works, which is consequences, like dealing with the consequences of your actions, making them related to your choices, explaining why these are the consequences. That takes so much energy and so much sort of self-control of my own emotions that it is incredibly difficult. It is hard because that's all about communication. And when you've got a kid whose communication skills are those of a three-year-old, being able to have that consequences discussion, you're right. It just takes so much patience and self-control on your part. Listen, three-year-olds have just enough communication skill to make them dangerous. That's why they're such pain sometimes. That's right. They're able to communicate exactly what their emotions are, but they're not able to do it at all in a way that meets you somewhere, right? You just got to go directly to where they are and wait it out sometimes. Oh, it's so frustrating. But I think that the other thing that's really hard, I think, with kids and discipline and consequences is like often the consequences are hard on you. Like it takes time and energy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. That you might not have. Like, I had a cold the other day. I was not looking to discipline or consequence anybody. I didn't feel good. I wanted to lay down and watch TV. You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem is often the consequences require just as much from you as it does from them. And that's true from like letting them struggle too. It requires just as much hard emotional work to let your kids struggle as it does to want to for them to struggle. Like that's hard. It's really, 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 really hard. I think a lot back to during my high school shooting and how now as a parent, I understand how difficult it must have been for the adults to just see us in pain and not want to fix it, to affirm our feelings and let us feel them instead of just trying to fix it all the time. And, you know, I think that that is particularly something you see with teenagers. And I can see sort of the temptation because parenting is such a hands-on activity for so long. You're just tired. Like, I can even see it with my 10-year-old. Like, it's really easy for me to just let my 10-year-old go up to his room. It just is. Like, I know he's not going to set a fire. He's just going to read a book or play video games till his eyes fall out of his head. And there's a part of me that's like, yes, I'm tired. Please go do that. And I know that's only going to become more and more tempting as they get older. And I can just send them upstairs to their own worlds for a while. But, you know, I think particularly with teenagers, it's so important that they are not grown and that they still be engaged with and talked to and pulled out of that inner life or peer life because those are not always the best instincts or voices for them to have in their heads. And man, I mean, but just after raising elementary school kids and toddlers and particularly middle schoolers, man, I'm just, you're tired. You're tired. You want to just be like, you're grown now. Cool. See you later. 
Jane turns eight on Friday and we're in that phase now too, where she wants to just come home and go to her room. And, and I want to mm-hmm. give her the space to make her inner world. Cause I certainly had it growing up. And I remember all the happy times that I spent in my room doing my own thing. And like right now, all I want to do is go to my room and do my own thing. (laughs) Yes, I know. And so I've been trying to think a lot about how do I both give her that that room and also stay involved and have opportunities to process the day with her and just to do fun things with her. Fortunately, I love to cook and both. Both of my girls do, too. And so that time in the kitchen is a really nice way for us to stay connected with each other. I hope that I can make that continue. But it is really tricky. And what kind of had this topic on my mind this week, in addition to celebrating Ellen finally being happy when we drop her off at preschool, is this whole discussion about Covington Catholic and the consequences associated with disrespectful behavior in a group of teenagers. And obviously, there are layers and layers and layers to this discussion, which we are trying to sort out via fancy politics. But in this context, I feel like this is a good opportunity to really think through as a parent What level of restraint do I need to bring to a situation? Because sometimes my kids need to struggle. And also, what is an appropriate level of accountability for disrespect, especially when if you take the kids' stories at face value, it was disrespect that wasn't intended? Or even if it was disrespect that was intended, like how do we as parents sort through how we want to respond to things like this. I think that's a lot of deep inner work because if you aren't careful, you end up just responding out of being tired or being protective or your own emotional baggage. You're not going to get it right every time either. It's not like you're going to get to that and you're going to be like, I did the work. I'm done. I'm always going to be in the right space to parent. Like, mm, no. But it's kind of being aware that that's always the work to do and the the focus and awareness to be on. And I have to give myself a lot of grace just and always be reminding myself because parenting is probably the area of my life I'm most hard on myself about. And just be aware that there's so many emotional pitfalls of parenting, but also that I'm just doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. And recognizing that on any particular day, I did the best I could and that day's over with. So there's nothing else I can do about that day. I loved it when we had Kendra from The Lazy Genius on and she talked about how dinner is a long game. There was so much brilliance in that because mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what you're saying. Parenting is a long game. Yes, it's a it's a long game and it's the least linear thing I've ever done in my life. Yes. I taught yoga last night and so Chad put our daughters in bed and I got home and I said, how are the girls? And he said, well... Overall, they were they were fine. Um, Jane said a couple things to me that were just really shitty, so we have to keep working on that. And I said, right, we're going to be working on that for, like, the longest time because yeah. saying shitty things is pretty well hardwired into our being. I say shitty things sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. this is a mm-hmm. lifelong process. And so I think some of it is just bringing appropriate expectations to the game. So now I know Ellen's going to yell at dinner. Like, right now, we're in a phase where Ellen is mad at dinner. Whatever is on her plate, she's mad at it. Okay, she's going to yell at dinner. Now I can approach dinner in a much healthier place to respond to her yelling than if I think, tonight's the night. We're really going to teach Ellen to stop that. You know, we're not. We're not. Yep, totally. 
Yeah, I think constantly being aware of that. The stealth expectations will get you every time with parenting, that's for sure. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Nuanced Life, chock full of commemorations. Like we said, if you want to hear lots more of our thoughts about Covington Catholic, head over to Pantsuit Politics. We will be back in your ears over there on Friday with an interview with Ann Helen Peterson that I am completely excited about. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash the nuance life. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram. Christ for Disciplers is a daily podcast offering a weekday message for educators and parents of young disciples. If you are feeling tired, like we were just having a conversation about wanting to be more intentional in your parenting and interested in bringing scriptural messages to that parenting, this is a great way to find a daily spiritual source of strength. Just 10 minute podcast designed in our role as people who are bringing our children along, Disciplers for Christ. In just 600 seconds of Christ for Disciplers podcast, Monday through Friday, listeners get a blessing of peace connected to a clear message from the Bible and several ideas to use in their daily life as parents. Christ for Disciples podcast is on iTunes and Google Play, Stitcher and Podbean, and most other podcast providers. Subscribe today to Christ for Disciples. That's D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E-R-S, a unique word for the mission of parents and teachers. Make sure to share with other parents and teachers and make sure discipling your children doesn't take second place in your life with just 600 seconds a day. You can also get connected by visiting Christ for Disciples.com. Listen to the podcast today and get some wisdom that hopefully is a blessing to you and your family.